0: views, your news, your Limerick Today with
1: Joe Nesh on Live 95. Now, moving on to a different matter. The European Commission is proposing a guaranteed right to repair for faulty or damaged goods. And we'll talk more about it in a couple of minutes. But uh, first, Ireland South MEP for this region, Fianna Fáil's Billy Kelleher, says Guardian and other state agencies need to be alert to the possibility of European crime gangs moving their operations here due to Ireland's non-membership of the European Public Prosecutor's Office System. And Billy Callaher joins me on the line. Good morning to you. Good morning, Joel. Billy, I've never heard of the European Public Prosecutor's Office System and I suspect a lot of our listeners haven't either. What is it and why is it important?
0: Yes, well, it's a fairly new office. It was actually established under the Lisbon Treaty some years ago, but it's only come into effect now because it took a long time to negotiate between the various countries in Europe but primarily, it's a European Public Prosecutor's Office. So, in effect, it's an office that can gather information and it can prosecute, uh, criminals and individuals, uh, in European courts of member states. So, in other words, um, you know, if it gathers evidence, if it, um, brings forward a case, it can then use its own office in, uh, a European country, uh, in a European court to prosecute, uh, an individual or a criminal or a gang, uh, but we haven't signed up to us because our legal system doesn't really effectively allow us to join because we have common law. So how we gather evidence, um, constitutional rights, um, how we prosecute the guard and the public prosecutor's office are the only ones that can uh, prosecute in Ireland. Uh, and so it, it's a different legal system. We right, have and and I mean, and I,
1: and I I say this with complete respect, and I'm not claiming to have any deep knowledge of it. But you know, you will hear legal experts here make the strong argument that when it comes to this sort of thing on the criminal side, the common law system that we use is more robust when it comes to protecting citizens' rights than what's used in parts of the European Union.
0: Yes, and I'm not disputing that, and that's one of the challenges is because we have very strong individual rights, we have precedents set in court cases over many, many years. We have a constitution. So our system is different. Uh, in Europe, it is very much a written, codified legal system based on civil law. So it's flexible. It can be rewritten and changed quite quickly, whereas uh, common law can't be. So from that perspective, like the this European Public Prosecutor's Office can get our evidence in a way that probably wouldn't be even admissible in a court in Ireland. So there is a significant challenges, but the, the broader point is uh, that European Public Prosecutor's Office was making a presentation last week in a Justice Committee, and they said that in their um, you know intelligence, wiretapping, telephone tapping, etc., that they um, had heard of saying that countries that weren't signed up to this particular office uh, were countries that they were looking at to, to avoid uh, and, and are the there many
1: European Union members who aren't? There's five, Joe,
0: as far as I know: Ireland, uh, Hungary, Poland, uh, Sweden, uh, and one or two more. But primarily, the vast majority—actually, twenty-two signed up, and five haven't. So okay. that's, that's, and uh, and that's the thing it. is
1: that—and this is an interesting example of the UK no longer being members of the European Union, because obviously they use the common law system and be very strong advocates for it at the European table. We're we're in a bit of a minority, aren't we, on this one? And and you know, at, at the same time, we have rights and obligations. As European Union members. So it's it, this is a delicate enough operation to get us to a point where we might be able to cooperate here?
0: Well, I, I don't think we'll be able to sign up formally in the sense that we'll be able to ratify the, the treaty that would establish and allow the European public prosecutor to operate in terms of prosecuting in an Irish court. Uh, but I do think that at an administrative level and at a resource level, we have to beef, beef up. So that's, you know, uh, joint investigations, for example, uh, and that we can work in a way that that at least would not make Ireland a potential soft touch for these particular gangs. And bear in mind, Joe, this is more so than just the ordinary criminals on the street. These are vast organisations. Bear in mind, in uh, 2018, there was 140 billion euros worth of VAT fraud alone across the European Union. That's... um, money that should have been going to european tax uh, or countries so i mean there's it's huge sums involved and uh, so so billy keller i
1: mean your worry is that we would effectively become the european union headquarters for some of the biggest organized crime on the planet
0: well i I mean look i don't want to exaggerate the situation but i mean if you have a weakness in your armor against um, uh, criminal gangs well then they will exploit that and that was more or less said in terms of the presentation last week in the European Parliament Justice Committee. So I just think you know, we have to be conscious of it. We certainly need to beef up uh, our capacity to have um, investigations and greater monitoring of, of of these types of crimes, particularly VAT fraud. Um, you know, that's a, a clear area where there's huge, um, uh, vast sums of money being taken out of the the revenue available
1: to European citizens. Okay. I want to talk to you about right to repair for faulty or damaged goods in just a moment. We're chatting to uh, Billy and Fianna Fáil MEP for this region of Ireland South, including Limerick. What about the banks, um, Billy? As we know, the banks uh, and the issues back in our own financial crash had a very significant European dimension. There are some worries about banks again what's being said what are you hearing in eu levels
0: well yes there is concerns about some of the larger banks deutsche bank in germany for example is one that is a, a significant concern these are all sort of ones that have been flagged for some time even credit swiss for example which is not in the european union but at the same time that bank has been struggling for a, a period of time and there's always been issues around deutsche bank uh, and whether you know it's profitability could carry it through. Um, most people accept that Ireland's banks are well capitalised, um, you know, no problem with liquidity, are, are entering into profitability. Now, as people will say, well, we've heard all that before, haven't we? But, you know, it, it, we're in a different space now compared to where we were uh, at the financial crisis. But there is concern out there. There's concern, not necessarily for the, the financial institutions across Europe, but we'd say for the shadow banking sector as well, um, where you have sort of the secondary markets in, in finance. Uh, and that is an area where people are beginning to express some concerns. But I don't think we should be alarmist, right? Um, but but, you know, but, but what about the fact?
1: And I know you're immediately going to tell me now, Joe. You know as well as I do that they're independent. But surely the EU is concerned about the European Central Bank under Christine Lagarde. It seems continuing to increase interest rates, which you know, in in, a, in an economy across the EU, especially not so much in Ireland, that is teetering on the brink of recession. And now with these concerns about the banks, a lot of people feel it's just the wrong strategy.
0: Well, yes, I mean that is a concern, but I mean the European Central Bank um, operates under its own obligations to ensure that price stability is at two percent of onwards for inflation remains. We still need an economy, don't we? You know what I mean, we, Billy? We, we do. Yes, you will know, be I mean, be fine.
1: I mean we're, we're incredibly stable, but we have an economic <laughs> crisis. If if you know that's that's part of the argument is being made. And that, that,
0: that, that is yes, I mean look, that is the balance. I mean that is the high risk strategy that's uh, at uh, at play. I mean. There's no doubt if they had continued inflation to run away as it was, well, that would have been a significant problem as well for the entire eurozone area as well. I mean, in some countries, inflation is hitting 22%, 24%. Uh, Food inflation in some countries is over 40%. So, I mean, inflation uh, cripples uh, low-income families and people on on, on low pay. But at the same time, um, interest rate hikes, uh, damages the competitiveness of economies and, you know, undermines um, the broader eurozone areas in terms of its okay. competitive but but your, ge- your
1: general message at the moment is that people listening and understandably like the, the nervousness in Ireland the minute anyone hears anything about banks even internationally now is acute because of our very recent history and the impact that it's had on lots of people listening to this show this morning I mean we're not dealing with 100 years ago now um but your 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 um, um, view of it and, and your advice would be just to to remain calm about the whole thing
0: Well, certainly from an Irish bank's perspective, yes. I mean, Irish banks are well capitalised. Their balance sheets have been shrunk uh, rapidly, so they haven't the the exposure that they had previously. Um, And, you know, they they, they are in profitability from that perspective. So I don't think we have to worry about Irish banks per se. But, yes, there is an undercurrent across Europe that is concerned about uh, the financial markets in general around finance uh, banks, primarily the big ones in Germany, for example, and some of the secondary markets. But from an Irish perspective... You know i'd be confident that our banks um hmm. you know have strengths are balancing and are in a, yeah. a healthy position
1: I mean, there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's probably a wider debate around you know uh, how banks operate private sector whether the public sector should have more involvement and you know the whole issue of how the markets operate but anyways for another day just very briefly before i let you go billy tell me about this uh, proposed proposal from the european commission for a guaranteed right to repair for faulty or damaged goods
0: Yes, this is part of the great debate around the circular economy, Joe. Um, I mean, for years we have been a throwaway society. You know, your washing machine breaks down and you just uh, get a new one, um, your iPhone, your iPad, your laptop, whatever it is. Uh, So, I mean, there is a concern that, you know, there's no effort from uh, the companies that are producing, manufacturing and providing and wholesaling uh, to, to repair. So there is no proposal coming from the European Commission. It must obviously go through the Parliament and the Council yet whereby there would be a right and an entitlement um, on providers and consumers uh, to be able to uh, request that they would get their product repaired and the manufacturers or the wholesalers would have to provide uh, that, that that particular uh, right. Uh, it's early stages yet, but I think it's something that's positive. I mean, we just see it every day of the week. You go down to any one of the wholesalers with your washing machine in the back of the car to get a new one, and, you know, there's loads them just... Um, thrown out and not recycled, not repaired, and that really is undermining the concept right. of the circular economy. But oh. there's a way to go, yes, on this.
1: Okay, okay, we'll see you out Sorry, is It's good to talk to you this morning. as Billy Callagher, MEP for Fianna Fall uh, in this region of Ireland South, including Limerick.
0: Your views, your news, your Limerick today, with Joe Nash on Live 95.